Join us for the Criterion Institute podcast as Joy Anderson, a global thought leader in business and social change, leads us through a series of discussions, interviews, frameworks, rants, and reframes that will help you better understand how to use finance as a tool for transformative systems change. I am Joy Anderson, and this is the Criterion Institute podcast. A few years ago, Criterion launched a 10-year strategic plan, which solidified our commitment to direct the power of the financial system to be a positive force against systemic injustice. On today's episode, we'll be kicking off a series on those five pillars of our 2020-2030 strategic plan. Want to give you an inside look in how these pillars came to be the focus of organization and why it's so important for us to do this work now and over the long term. Name who are the key partners working with us and what have we seen as impact to date? So this week, we'll go deep on one of the pillars, which we describe as reframing narratives in innovative finance. This is something we've been working on for a long time and which we see as a central tenet of field building. When we're trying to shape perceptions and norms and ultimately inspire investors to act differently, language matters. So in this episode, first we'll talk about the kinds of work we do to reframe narratives in innovative finance. Then we'll dig into one of Criterion's most prominent reframes, that finance is not just about moving money, but fundamentally about transforming power. And then to close, we'll discuss what's in a name and tell a version of the history of how the term gender lens investing came about. Because in the end, in naming gender lens investing, we were trying to reframe narratives in innovative finance. One of the pillars in Criterion's strategic plan from 2020 to 2030 is about reframing narratives in innovative finance. Criterion's been working for decades on field building. Field building is about activity, it's about people and organizations, and it's about ideas. And at a some core level, like building a field is about reframing a set of ideas. Building the field of gender lens investing, naming that umbrella that we did, what, 15, 16 years ago, was an act of reframing. It was shifting the narrative of saying, this is the conversation in impact investing, and we're going to shift the narrative and say, what about power? What about gender? What it would look like if we brought all of this activity together under the idea of investing with a gender lens? And so we've known for a long time that part of changing behavior, part of creating systems change is about changing language, about changing how people think, about changing narrative. I remember a sort of light bulb moment for me, gosh, must have been 15 years ago. I was at a women's funding conference and George Lakoff, written classic books about language, gave a speech about the right to life versus choice. And 
he's written a lot about this, but it really struck me. I sort of remember listening to him talk and thinking, right, when the right got to control life and say that they were protecting life, we kind of lost the fight. I don't know if that's actually true, but it was a very compelling argument at that moment, and lots of people have reflected about it since. So the same question is true here. How, as we think about innovative finance, how are we framing? And one reframe, for example, that I think we need to move away from. Early on, I remember my partners would talk about two-pocket thinking, right? One pocket for your philanthropy, one pocket for your investing. And they were trying to bring those two pockets together. That was a useful reframe 20 years ago. Is it still useful? I don't know. I remember once um, another sort of reframe was that investing is going to move faster than philanthropy, that we're going to accelerate the speed of change. Now, I am sure that one took us in some bad directions. And so the question of how we frame the language that we use to describe the work is vitally important. And especially right now, we're in a place within innovative finance right now where the focus on representation versus concentrations of power is problematic. We're not going to get where we need to go by having three women on boards. It's a super important part of it. It's an element, but it's not shifting power. And so we need to have a conversation about bias, privilege, the deeper structural inequities, social norms. That's what we need to be talking about, not only representation. And so that's really the core of this pillar is to shift the narratives in innovative finance so that the conversations about power, bias, privilege, social norms are in the conversations. They are part of how we talk about innovative finance so that we can truly advance gender equality, social justice, and these remarkable human beings that populate this field can find pathways. And and language and narrative is part of that. So who we're trying to reach within this, the target of this strategy, this pillar, is really the people in innovative finance, our friends and allies who are working to make the case every day. They're out there trying one pitch, one set of language after another, and it is hard. So our commitment to this pillar is about equipping our friends and allies inside of innovative finance to have the language, to have the reframes, to have the narrative that will enable them to get to the change that they want. So maybe you could say that this is preaching to the choir, but it's a really important choir and it's like a great choir that sings really well. So I want to keep investing in that choir so that they can go out and do the broader piece. Criterion is not the ones that go direct to BlackRock, right? Our role is not to get out in the world and talk to the unconverted. We work with the change makers who are trying to grasp the right language to make a difference. And I think we're good at this. This is actually one of the things that Criterion's best known for. And maybe it's just that we want to have a lot of t-shirts, but like over the course of gender lens investing, the early days of Jackie Vanderbrug talking about reframing gender lens investing as an opportunity, not a screen. That was important. Talking about moving from counting 
to valuing, right? That as an idea shifted people's thinking to say, I'm not just going to count how many women, but I'm going to value. And I find it so funny when people come back to me and are giving a speech and they're like, well, we need to move from counting to valuing. Oh no, Joy's in the room. And and we're saying this thing that like Criterion came up with. Moving from back-end metrics to front-end analytics, making sure that we're actually doing analysis, thinking about gender as having a future like climate. And so many of these different reframes have been part of Criterion's contribution. And so this is a continuity. This is a continuation of a set of moments when Criterion has been successful. This is deepening the success committing to something that we are good at. An example of that is just really looking at this question of fix the capital, not the company. And I remember when we first named this at Gender Smart, we had been playing with this reframe for a while and thinking, how do we shift the focus from more technical assistance that's going to fix women-led businesses or more technical assistance that make companies that have no desire to have venture capital go through 85 years of acceleration programs so that they can get venture capital even though they never wanted it. And so this idea of fixing the capital, not the company, and I felt the resonance of that as we first named our commitment of, of really driving that idea forward at Gender Smart a couple years ago. And it picked up steam, right? It's an idea that people can latch onto. And so really what success looks like, right? It's changing patterns of language, how things are framed, and we can measure how people are talking. How do we change how the problem, the solutions, the approaches, the system, how things are framed? How is then that language shaping behavior so that it moves people to action, enables people to see new possibilities, sparks imagination, has them understand things different, and then be able to explain them to other people? Because in the end, the ripple effect of this is not just Criterion's work, but the ways in which working with our friends and allies to then ripple into the field of innovative finance overall and shift the patterns the narratives of how we think about systems change, how we think about finance, how we think about the possibilities of using investments to create change. So we've been doing this for a while. We're in pretty good shape. This is one of the pillars that we've worked on for a long time, but we get to go deeper. How do we really build allyship with people who understand how to think about language and narrative? How do we keep checking to make sure that the narratives in innovative finance are moving in a truly intersectional way? And that's going to take lots of people in dialogue, testing and pushing and checking in these feedback loops. I love the moments when our friends and allies say, no, that's not how I would say it. That doesn't resonate with me. And that's in fact the core of how we're going to get this done. It's just by talking to our friends and allies, having this tell us what's not working, tell us what resonates, tell us what doesn't, give us those feedback loops. And so we can continue to refine how we frame and reframe and focus on power. What's that Cindy Lauper song that's like money, 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 right? That sort of like focus in on money. 
when people were brainstorming ideas for this podcast, they're like, talk about money, because that would be really sexy, because people want to talk about money. And then you think about like, ooh, all this conversation about impact investing and, and investing, you probably have a lot of money. It's really not about the money, it's about power. And so that's one of the fundamental reframes that I think is necessary in innovative finance, because it's not about the money, it's about the power. Couple ways to look at this. One is finance isn't actually about the cash. Finance is about the movement of cash between people. It's about the relationship. And that's where the power sits. It's who has the money and they're giving the money to somebody else. That's where the power sits. Talking about how much money sits there is irrelevant unless you're talking about the power dynamics between the people who have money or don't have money. And then it's about the rules. You could take out a mortgage and you could have money and you could have an exploitative situation of debt that screws you over. You could get cash from getting an investor in your business who as a result of getting that money, you lose all your power in the business. It's not about the money. Now, that's a hard thing to say for people who need the money, but they need money that the rules, they need money where the rules that are assigned to that work for them, that are understanding the context in which they're at. We don't need debt going to women entrepreneurs that marginalize them even more because they're now even at more risk because they're in debt. We need to think about power and stop counting the cash. Names matter. Language in general matters. But in particular, names have a certain power that conveys meaning, that defines what we're talking about. Maybe we overburden names with too much meaning, but that doesn't mean we don't expect them to mean things. Early days in gender lens investing, naming really mattered. The first problem we had was that gender, women's issues, were being named as an issue area subset. So women are an issue area. Women are not an issue area. Healthcare is an issue area. Systemic injustice is an issue. Women, not an issue. Gender, complex system in the world, not an issue. And so we were trying in the early days of gender lens investing to extract work on gender from impact investing overall so that we weren't an issue area subset. The sort of joke I used to make is I don't want to be a niche of a fringe. So if impact investing is already fringe in, in finance, I didn't want to be the niche issue area in a fringe. We're talking about gender, one of the most powerful, comprehensive, ubiquitous system on the planet. We didn't need to be a niche of a fringe. So we worked to name a separate field. And we had two candidates at the beginning. We called Criterion's program Women Effect. It was coming out of a time when that was language that people liked to sort of women effect. It was sort of 
referencing the impact that women investing in communities in particular, that's where the language comes from of sort of, if you invest in women, they invest in their communities, and that's called the women effect. So it was powerful language at the time. And then we had that program, and then we started talking about the field as gender lens investing. And this was a significant debate. This wasn't just like a, a moment. We tested, this was years of sort of testing what language mattered. And we decided early on that we wanted, and by we, this is really criterion, we stood alone on this a lot because it mattered that the conversation was about gender, not about women. It mattered that the field got framed as focused on gender as a system of power and inequities and systemic bias, not about women as an identity. And so it was interesting as we played out women effect versus gender lens investing. I remember doing a test at a conference and to a person, men preferred women effect and women preferred gender lens investing. I've never understood all of that, but men wanted it to be about women and women, they knew that being talking about it as women meant that it siloed it and held up their identity in a way that was uncomfortable. And so since then, names have continued to evolve, right? Is it feminomics came around at some point, gender smart emerged as really important language that lots of people have adopted. Now the sort of emergence of feminist finance that's pretty new language. That's pretty cool. And so there's always been a set of debates around the name because language matters and how things get framed determines what we consider within them. So we'll stick with gender lens investing. I still think it's the term that defines the field the best and creates an openness. But I know and I celebrate that we will continue to debate names because that's what we do when we're building fields. To learn more about our work, visit us at criterioninstitute.org. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Your reviews help our podcast reach a wider audience. Thanks for listening. <laughs>